It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com. At MFFSOSS. Twitter Shrimp. Twitter.tv. What's up? What's good? Big edition of the show on this Tuesday. Charged the fired Brandon Staley. And honestly, I, I thought it was a mutiny on Thursday night. I really did. Uh, the way that Charger team tried to play on, um, I would say national TV, but it is streaming service, so you can't really say national TV anymore like that. So that's what we will do in the kickoff. The LA Chargers are fired. Brandon Staley and GM Tom Telesco. So that's what will be in the kickoff. Then we'll do our NFL Week 15 recap. College football, a couple bowl games, weekend soccer recap, midweek soccer preview with some Carabao Cup uh, quarterfinals. Then we got the festive fixtures at the weekend that uh, begin. Then uh, college basketball, and then we will have, of course, survival blocks and pick six at the end of the program. So a big program on this Tuesday edition of the pod. All right, let's kick it off. Chargers, Fire, Brandon Staley, NGM, Tom Zalesko. Losses in five of their last six games, including this Thursday night absolute drubbing when it was, what, 42 nothing at half. Um, I mean, that's just really, really bad and embarrassing. And I know they've had injuries. I know Herbert's been hurt and... Um, they always seem to lose Mike Williams or Keenan Allen for an extended period of time. This is the first year Derwin James has really been relatively healthy for the entirety of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Bosa's been banged up. Cleo Max has been relatively healthy, I'd say, playing the game. So they've had a lot of players be hurt for sure, but they have had a talented roster enough to be in these games and should have won a lot of these games. And if you look at their record with Staley in two-plus seasons, they're 24-24. And then if you do a little bit of a deeper dive, because, I mean, you could say, wow, it seems like the Chargers are always in close games. So they played 48 games under Staley. Think about that. Chargers are 6-12 and 12 in games decided by three points or less. That's just a field goal or less. Not just even one possession, uh, touch six or seven. Not even just one. This is only three points. And that's 18 games out of the 48. Are... Three points or less. So let's say if he if he just reverses that, it's six more wins, six less losses, and look at this team. So like they've lost so many close games. They're zero and five in games decided by three or less this season. To just add to that stat, so there's just so many things that have could have gone differently, and you could have seen this Charger team have success because it's not like every game they were getting blown out. Half of the 24 losses are three points or less, 12 of them. That is so minuscule of a difference in this league, and that's the, and that is shows actually how big the difference is between the okay teams and the very successful teams because it's like the talent level relatively across the board is very similar. Yes. Sometimes you have a generational talent at one position and another team has one in another position. So, sure. But if you look across the board, I'd say the difference are coaching and then those little things in the games. Going for it on fourth down. Going for it on uh, going for two. All these kind of things that, that happen in, in these low-scoring games. Six and 12 in games decided by three points or less. Only went to the playoffs once. It was last year. 
And the game started off pretty well in Jacksonville. 27-point lead. Blown to the Jags. Third largest comeback in playoff history. Um, and Staley's the second Charger coach to be fired midseason since 1970. It was Kevin Gilbride, uh, 1998. Then Schottenheimer came in, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the San Diego Chargers at that point. Um, Telesco has been the team GM since 2013. Team only made three playoff appearances, and they were 86 and 95 overall in his tenure. Giff Smith is in as interim head coach. JoJo Wooden is the interim GM, and I, I do feel for Charger fans because. You have a quarterback. And I know people knock Herbert. He's not that good. He doesn't win. There are a lot of games where he put his team ahead and the defense gave it up. Or they were winning and the defense gave it up and they said, oh, dude, go win the game for us now. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily fair because I know when losses go to the quarterback, everybody just, you don't win. He doesn't win enough. Like, it is the ultimate team sport. Like, <laughs> It really, truly is. So, um, And for people being like, AJ, weren't you like a Staley fan when he came in? You liked his attitude and, and the quotes, what he was kind of saying? Yeah, he had me fooled. I was wrong. What do you want me to say? Like, I was wrong. I I thought, you know, coming from, they found the defensive mix. That, that's what everyone was saying. So don't let anybody fool you, okay? You know, Kevin Clark and Mina Kimes and all, all these people. Listen, who I do respect. I think those two are, are very brilliant at what they do. I'm not trying to knock them, but I'm also saying, like, all the people, like, everybody thought Brandon Staley. I didn't think Brandon Staley. A lot of people were in on Brandon Staley. So let's, you know, just calm down a little bit is my point, okay? But it was a mutiny the other night, and we'll get into it as we go to the, the uh, NFL Week 15 recap. But the way that game went down, the way um, it was just absolutely embarrassing. It was just embarrassing football. It was just no effort. And to have that cap off your regime when your kind of whole thing was losing close tight games, it's a tough way to go out, I'm sure. But it really does speak for itself because they're 6-12 and 12 again in games decided by less than three points. He's 24-24 and 24 as a head coach. If you swing six of those games, he's 30 and 18. So, I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's tough. It's tough. I feel for him, but that's just the league. It's the league, and if you don't win games, you're going to you're gonna get fired. It's just, it is what it is. And there's, there's great coaches that win a lot of games, and then, Doug Peterson guys got fired. He won Philadelphia Super Bowl. Philly never had a Super Bowl. And they said, oh, the coach that won it? Yeah, we don't like him anymore. Fire him. Think about that. So everybody gets fired pretty much, right? Staley's turning into L.A. And I wonder if he's going to be a, a D.C. again because he kind of like flipped to offense and then they brought in Kellen Moore to take that away from him. So I don't know. I, wa I wonder. Um, but he's out. Staley and Telesco out as head coach and GM. Our second uh, head coaching firing of the season. Uh, Staley joins Reich as unemployed former head coaches. All right, NFL Week 15 recap. Chargers and Raiders in Vegas. Vegas wins at 63-21. 
A white touchdown got the Raiders on the board. Stick fumbled. O'Connell hit Tucker for a touchdown to make it 14-0. First play next possession. Kelly fumbles. Raiders recover in the Chargers end. O'Connell the Myers, 21-0. Raiders then punt. Chargers fumble. Raiders set up at the Charger 15. O'Connell the Meyer touchdown, 28-0. Then they go with a Bolden Wildcat touchdown, 35-0. Chargers have fourth and one at their own 49. Turnover on downs. O'Connell to Tucker, 42 nothing short, uh, half end shortly after. 42 nothing. Then it got to 49 nothing with a trick play. Myers to Adams touchdown. Chargers finally get on the board. A stick to Palmer touchdown. He ran away from everybody. Then Chargers get it back. And you're thinking, hey, maybe they make it 49 14. We got a game. Anything can happen, right? Nope, he gets a uh, sack, fumble, scoop, and score, 56-7. Then he throws a pick six, Easton Stick does, 63-7. Then he throws a touchdown pass, then he throws another touchdown pass, one to Erickson, one to Johnston. So that's how that game finished, 63-21, to and Staley got fired on Friday, which, what did Richard Sherman say, fire him at halftime I saw, I saw? What a clown. You can't do that. But it was a mutiny, to be fair. So, All right, Saturday we had a triple header. Vikings and Bengals in Cincinnati. Bengals win it 27-24 in overtime. A McPherson field goal got the scoring started for the Bengals. A Chandler touchdown run. He had a good game for the Vikings. Put them in front 7-3. Then a couple Vikings drives ends in Mullins' interceptions. He throws a red zone pick. And then maybe one of the more insane picks when he's almost on the ground and he lets the ball go and he throws it right at the defensive tackle on the ground. So... That was an insane interception. Half end shortly after Vikings still in front, 7-3. Then Mullins hits Addison for a touchdown to make it 14-3. Uh, Browning gets picked off. It's a Joseph field goal uh, to make it 17-3. Vikings couldn't put it away, and they didn't put it away because here come the Bengals. Browning to Higgins, touchdown, um, made it 17-10. Then the Bengals get it back, and Joe Mixon touchdown ties the game at 17 but here come the Vikings again. Mullins-Addison hook up for their second connection, 24-17. And then maybe one of the best and most athletic plays you'll ever see a wide receiver make because it was a great catch on a, a, a jump ball. But the goal line extension to kind of like flip over your wrist to do it the other way with your whole – like what a, what a play by T. Higgins. I mean, absolutely sensational sensational athleticism and truly one of the best um, plays by a wide receiver you're ever going to see at the goal line. I mean, honestly, that's one of the best plays at the goal line you'll ever see by a wide receiver. That was outstanding. So that ties in at 24 up. We go to overtime. Bengals punt. And the Vikings actually attempt to shove play twice. And who'd they bring in? Addison to push, which was insane. So that gets stuffed on third down. It gets stuffed on fourth down. Bengals make a good play, and then it's McPherson for the win. He drills it. So the Bengals win. They knock off the Vikings at home 27-24. The middle game here was Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Colts win it 30-13. Game starts with a game-miss field goal for the Colts, and then Pittsburgh drives it fourth and goal. Mitch fumbles. Harris picks it up, but uh, it was already a Mitch touchdown. So they called Mitch down for some reason, which was the worst call you can make. It was a Mitch touchdown. Missed extra point by Boswell. Then Colts punt gets blocked. Sets up a Mitch to Johnson touchdown. So Steelers up 13-0. And then it was all Colts. 
Because remember, I said the score was 30-13, to 13, folks, and it was 13 nothing Pittsburgh, and the Colts won the game. So here come the Colts. Mitch to Moss, touchdown. Mitch gets picked off. Colts have fourth and goal. Incomplete turnover downs, but they get it back. Minshew to Montgomery, touchdown. So the Colts are in front, 14-13, half end shortly after. Najee Harris fumbles. Colts set up. Minshew to Allie Cox, touchdown. They are in front, 21-13. Uh, two gay field goals make it 24-27-13. and 27, 13. Then Mitch gets picked off. Gay misses his second field goal. Field goal. Mason Rudolph comes in for Mitch, and they got fourth and seven at their own 36. The turnover on downs leads to a uh, third gay field goal. 32-13 was the final. So Colts get the win over the Steelers. Listen, Steelers had something going with Kenny because um, I think the Steelers defense believed that even if they just hung in, Kenny would make a play and they'd find a way to win a game. With Mitch, I don't think they have that. So they're, they're in trouble. Denver and the Detroit Lions in the nightcap. It was all Lions. 42-17. Broncos were going in. Russ fumbles. Lions come back with a Goff to Laporta touchdown. They get it back. Goff to Gibbs touchdown. They get it back again. Goff to St. Brown touchdown. 21-0. Half inch shortly after that. Broncos try to make a game of it. Russ to uh, Humphrey on a jump ball, which seems insane, the little man, but he went up there. 21-7. The lead cut into, but Goff finds Laporta for a second time to make it 28-7. Lutz kicks a field goal. Uh, Russ got, uh, who? Peyton got pissed at Russ here, I'm pretty sure. So that was 28-10. A Gibbs touchdown for the Lions makes it 35-10. Russ sneak uh, cuts the lead to 35-17. Lions recover the outside kick, and Goff hits Laporta for a third time for a third touchdown. So Detroit Lions 42-17. Big win at home for the Detroit Lions in a, in a primetime spot. All right, over to Sunday's games. Kansas City and the New England Patriots. Chiefs win at 27-17. But Kerr missed a field goal. That was his first miss, extra point or field goal on the season. Ryland misses a field goal. Then they get a trick play. McKinnon throws it to Rice. Touchdown. Chiefs, they're up 7-0. Zappi hits Hunter Henry. Patriots tie the game at 7. Mahomes then got picked off. It set up a Ryland field goal. So the Pats in front, 10-7 over the Super Bowl champs. Mahomes to McKinnon. Touchdown. KC back in front, 14-10. Half and shortly after. A Butker field goal. Makes the lead 7. Zappi gets picked off. Mahomes to Edwards-Hilaire. Chiefs in front 24-10 on that touchdown connection. Butker field goal makes it 27-10. And then really going in, the Chiefs, uh, I felt, I didn't want to say they're you know trying to embarrass them. That's not what I'm saying at all. But they're up, what are they up? 27-10 here, yeah. And... They're still throwing because that's what they do. We know that. But Mahomes throws it into Tony's hands, and Tony just drops it into the Patriots' hands. So that's an interception. Mahomes is pissed. A Harris touchdown for the Pats cuts it to 27-17. And uh, Pats had fourth and fourth and over seven. They go for it. They turn over downs, and the Chiefs knelt it out uh, for a turnover and downs to give it back to the Patriots for them to run out the clock. So that's how the Chiefs win in New England. Tough conditions, and the, the kicker actually missed one, which is crazy. He's had a great season, Bucker. So... Uh, Chiefs win in New England. Jets went down to Miami. Miami hammered them 30 to nothing. Dolphins win it. A Zach Wilson fumble set up a Moser touchdown. Dolphins in front 7-0. Then Jets had 4th and 4th, their own 42. They go for it. They turn over on downs. Only results in a Sanders field goal, but the Dolphins get it back. And then Tua hits Waddle deep, deep and long touchdown pass. Beautifully thrown touchdown ball from Tua to Waddle. And it's 17-0, then the Dolphins get it back. It's a Mostert touchdown to make it 24-0, his second of the day. He's trying to compete with McCaffrey for the uh, touchdown lead there. 
Anyway, Wilson gets hurt. Simeon in. Sanders field goal makes it 27 nothing. Simeon gets picked off. Another Sanders field goal makes it 30 to nothing, and that was the final. Chicago and Cleveland. Cleveland wins it 20-17. Flacco got picked off early. That was a storyline that the Browns still won. Uh, Fields to commit. Touchdown. Bears in front 7-0. Then Flacco hit. Flacco. Flacco hit Njoku to tie the game at 7. Njoku's had a good season here. Uh, Fields then on the Hail Mary to end the half gets picked off. So that's a tough interception, but it is one nonetheless. Then Flacco threw a pick 6. Bears in front 14-7. A Santos field goal when the Bears got it back later in the half makes it 17-7. Then Bears muff a punt. Browns set up, but Flacco gets picked for a third time. So you're thinking, oh, my God, we're set up here. We're down uh, 10. We get a touchdown. We cut it to three. No, Flacco gets picked off. Bears, though, fourth and one at the Browns 33. After driving it, they turned over on downs. A Hopkins field goal cuts the lead to seven and then Flacco Amari Cooper up the sideline touchdown tied at 17 Flacco and Joku converts a long third down to get into field goal range Hopkins buries it 20 to 17 Bears get it back no timeouts about 30 seconds and change left Hail Mary from fields they had just done it in the first half it resulted in an interception but this time it gets knocked down and Mooney for the Bears is on the ground, in the end zone. All he has to do is hold on to this ball that got ricocheted right into his lap, and he knocks it up into the air, and it gets intercepted. So two Hail Marys, one at each half, both get intercepted by Justin Fields. One certainly more uh, consequential than the other. He could have won the game with the second one on the last play, but it falls out of Mooney's hands into the hands of a Cleveland Brown defender. The Browns win it 20-17 with Flacco. There were three picks. Houston and Tennessee, another overtime game. Houston wins this one 19-16. It was Case Keenan for the Texans. A Levis touchdown. They missed the extra point, so Tennessee up 6-0. Keenum then threw a pick six, so it was 13-0. Tennessee sitting pretty early in this one. A Fairbairn field goal. He's back, which is good for the Texans. He's a good kicker. That ends the half and cuts the lead to 10-13-3. Levis gets picked off in the second half. A Fairburn field goal cuts it to 13-6. A third Fairburn field goal cuts it to 13-9. A Folk field goal makes it 16-9. And then Keenum to Brown, touchdown, 16-16. We're going overtime. Titans get it first. They punt. Texans punt. Titans punt it back. Keenum, Singletary, big play. Then Singletary walks it off, they thought. It comes back on a hold. Sets up a Fairbairn field goal. He drills it. Texans win it. Big win for the Houston Texans with an eyes on a postseason berth, and they should be. Houston wins it 19-16 in overtime. Giants went down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. DeVito Magic runs out a little bit here. Saints win it 24-6. A Bullock long field goal made it 3-0 Giants, but Bullock got hurt on the kick. Carter Kirkwood put the Saints in front 7-3, and it was Gillian, the giant punter, who was 1-for-1 one one earlier in his career when he had to come in, in, uh, in for an injured kicker, and he makes this one as well. So the lead is 7-6 at the break for the Saints. First possession of the second half, Carr to Johnson, touchdown up the seam, makes it 14-6, then the Saints get it back. A groupie field goal made it 17-6. Saints get it back again, a Carr to Jimmy Graham touchdown. I believe that's three in a row for Jimmy Graham touchdowns. 24-6, so the Giants have... To make something happen, they go for it at the St. 44, 4th and 8th. They turn over downs, then 4th and 10 at the St. 31. 
Again, they turn it over on downs, trying to get back in the game. So the Saints win it at home, and they keep that NFC South um, race alive for themselves because we had Atlanta and Carolina, and Carolina got a shocker here. They went at 9-7 in the rain at home. Falcons, 4th and 3 at the Carolina 34, their first possession of the game. They turn it over downs. The Panthers go right down the field and go 4th and 1 to the Atlanta 33. They turn it over on downs. Atlanta comes back with a Patterson field uh, touchdown field goal. Patterson touchdown to make it 7-0. A Pinheiro field goal cuts the lead to 7-3 and the half and shortly after that. Then the Panthers had a 4th and 7 at the Atlanta 36. They turn it over on downs again. Bijan Robinson ends up fumbling. Pinheiro field goal cuts the lead to 7-6. to six. Then Ritter gets picked off a Pinheiro field goal with no time left with the ball in the air. He makes it. Panthers walk it off 9-7. 9-7. What a game in the NFC South. And then the fourth team in the NFC South had to go up to Lambeau Field. And Packers, who... You could argue have played better than their record is. Defensively, they've cost themselves a couple wins, that's for sure. Uh, offensively, Love hasn't looked too bad in a lot of these games uh, recently, that's for sure. But Bucks go up there to Lambeau. They beat the Green Bay Packers 34-20. to A McLaughlin field goal got the, bu the Bucks on the board and in front 3-0. Packers then 4th and 2 at the Bucks 4. They turned over on downs. Bake fumbles, so it sets up a short field for the Packers. Love to craft. Touchdown. Packers in front, 7-3. Bake to Evans, touchdown. Bucks back in front, 10-7. And a Carlson field goal for the Packers ties it at 10. McLaughlin field goal makes it 13-10, so the deficit is 3 for the home team at the end of the first half. Deficit increases in the second half after Bake to White, touchdown after he ran away from everybody. Almost had a, um, a Leon Lett, uh, Don Beebe moment when he held the ball out there. Almost got it slapped out of his hand. By the defender. Uh, so it was 20 to 10. Then um, Reed, another uh, love to read a touchdown pass, cut the lead to 2017. Blake to Keefe. Touchdown. That was his first, I think, of the season. 27 17. Carlson field goal cut it to 27 20. Uh, 27 20. But then another big touchdown pass. This one to Moore. 34 20. Love fumbled late to. Uh, really seal it because they needed two touchdowns there. So a big win for the Tampa Bay Bucks. They keep their NFC South hopes alive. All right, to the 4 o'clock slot. Niners, Cardinals. Niners win at 45-29. It's actually the Cardinals going up first. 7-0 on a Connor touchdown, but a Purdy to Debo touchdown pass made it 7-7. Murray then threw a pick. Niners in front 14-7. Two Prater field goals cut the lead to one, but then a Purdy to McCaffrey touchdown pass Increase the lead to 8, 21-13. Half ends, same score. Then Purdy, a second touchdown pass to McCaffrey, 28-13. A Prater field goal cut the lead to 28-16. McCaffrey, touchdown on the ground, 35-16. Then a Di Mercado touchdown for the Cardinals. They go for two, they don't get it, so it's 35-22. Purdy to Debo, again, they connect for a touchdown, 42-22. Murray gets picked off, Moody field goal, and then a Murray to Higgins touchdown in garbage time. 45-29, the final score for the Niners. Rams win at home against the Commanders in L.A., 28-20. Harvesick got the scoring started for the Rams on a field goal. Commanders had fourth and one of the Rams, 12. They turned over on downs. 
Rams were going in. Kyler Williams fumbles. Rams get it back. Williams fumbles. No, Williams got a touchdown, so it's 10-0. Then they get it back. Stafford to Williams. He fumbles again. Commanders end up lining up. It's the worst snap ever to punt. Um, Rams get set up. It's a however sick field goal, so it's 13-0 Rams at the break. Stafford to Cooper Cup makes it 20 to nothing. Howell finally gets his team into the end zone and scoring touchdown pass to Samuel. So it's 20 to seven. Then a Stafford to Robinson touchdown. They go for two and get it. 28 seven. Howell gets picked off. Harvestick actually misses the field goal. They pull Howell. Brissett comes in. He throws a nice touchdown pass to McLaurin. Then they get it back. He throws a touchdown pass to Samuel. They go for two. They don't get it. So it's 28 20. And then the Rams recover the onside kick to seal it. Last game of the afternoon there. Cowboys, Bills. Bills win it 31-10. It was a beatdown, folks. Uh, not really here to say it any other way. The way the game played out, the Bills ran the ball down the Cowboys' throats, and the Cowboys didn't have an answer for it. I will say one of the plays early in the game, I think, changed a lot of it, which was the Cowboys are getting off the field and they called uh, roughing the passer that a hit to the head and a hit to the face when he got forearm shoved to, like, the chest. So I thought that was a little crazy, the Cowboys ball there, and then they, of course, score a touchdown on that drive. And then the next possession where the Cowboys force a punt and Sam Williams, instead of blocking a punt for a touchdown, which was looked like one of the easiest punt blocks he could have had in his life, um, he gets a roughing the punter and the, the Bills go down and score again. And so it's a Murray touchdown on the first one, and then an Allen and Cook touchdown on the second one. So it's 14 nothing. Then the Cowboys actually put together a, a solid drive because the first one got stalled on a holding call where Pollard had a big run into the red zone and it got called back. I didn't, I didn't really agree with that call. Fine, I'm sure people would be like, yeah, of course you didn't agree with that call. Um, but then the next drive or one of the drives after that, the Cowboys actually got a field goal, which. I felt like they needed a touchdown to get back in the game because they weren't going to stop anybody, it seemed like. And um, it was just a really, really tough day. Hankins was out. I mentioned him being out last week. Mozzie Smith clearly not ready for a lot more snaps at the nose. Uh, that's pretty obvious. Um, so it was 14-3. Then an Allen touchdown makes it 21-3. Bass field goal made it 24-3. Another Cook touchdown made it 31-3. Dak got picked off. And then a CeeDee Lamb touchdown. And uh, garbage time, I guess, is a positive for the Cowboys somehow. I, I just, I don't know. I would have pulled them. I would have pulled everybody. That was, I don't know what that touchdown does for you, to be honest. And maybe that's just me. And I don't really want to hear, like, this loss is on Dak. Zach Martin getting hurt was crucial to the game. And Dak didn't really have a lot of time to throw. I know he throws a pick. He's forcing it down 31-3. What do you want him to do? Um, but I just, I don't want to hear people blame this game on Dak because that just shows you to watch the game. The game changed early in the game when the Cowboys couldn't stop the run. And when they actually got off the field a couple times, it they they committed dumb penalties, I guess you could say. So um, credit the Bills. Played a really, really good game. Ran the football. Did what they wanted to do. Um, and it was a dominant performance. And the Cowboys are not good on the road. I mean, it's just it's just really obvious, unfortunate, unfortunately. All right, Sunday night, Baltimore-Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville would put up a better fight than this. They did not. Baltimore wins at 23-7. A Tucker field goal makes it 3-0. McManus field goal off the upright, no good. So it could have been 3-3. 
Uh, Jack get it back. They move it again. But McManus, another missed field goal. So, again, it could have been 3-3 or 6-3, something. you got to make one of those kicks. And Lamar actually gets picked off, and the Jags are going in. So you're thinking, okay, at least maybe we tie this game, right? He's going to make one of these field goals. No, Lawrence fumbles. So they don't tie the game. They don't go ahead with the touchdown, and they fumble. Uh, Lamar, great, unbelievable play to get out of the, um, the sack. Finds likely touchdown, 10 nothing. Jacks can't score at the end of the half. They screw that situation up with the clock. Second half, they actually start well with the touchdown. Lawrence to Agnew to get back in the game, but then they give up a, a big drive right away. Edwards touchdown on the ground, 17-7. Then the Baltimore Ravens get it back. It's a Tucker field goal to make it 27. Then Lawrence fumbles again. Ravens get a Tucker field goal. And then Jags had fourth and 10 at the Raven 13, needing a touchdown to get back in it, and they turn it over on down. So a very, very lackluster performance from the Jags where I thought you were going to get a better one on uh, a Sunday night in a big spot against a, a good team in the AFC. And that was a very disappointing from the Jags. That's that's what you got to say there. All right, that was Sunday night. Let's go to Monday night. And the story Monday night was who the hell are going to be the quarterbacks in this game because Jalen Hurts traveled by himself, um, not with the team, to Seattle because he's sick. They didn't want to get the team sick. And then you had Geno, who was active but wasn't going to play apparently. So it was Drew Locke for Seattle. And Seattle... Pulls it out. 20-17. to 17, Crazy game. Eagles get on the board first. They go right down the field. Hurts touchdown. Makes it 7-0. Then they uh, get it back. And the Eagles go for it on a fourth down. Then they get another fourth down. But they end up stalling that time and taking it an Elliott field goal. Then a Myers field goal puts the Seahawks on the board. So it's 10-3. Half end. Same score. Seahawks first possession in the third quarter. They go right down the field. Kenneth Walker punches it in for the touchdown. So it's 10-10. Great block from Drew Locke, by the way, if you saw it. Uh, Eagles then answered right away with a Hurts tush push, uh, shove play, touchdown. Eagles in front 17-10. Seahawks try to tie the game. They were going to go for it fourth and two, but then they got a uh, penalty to back them up. So they kicked the Myers field goal instead. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't a penalty. I take it back. It was a sack where Carroll called timeout. To have them think about fourth and two. And as that was happening, Sirianni challenged a previous play and it backed them up five yards. So then they end up taking the field goal. My mistake, it was not a penalty. So it's a Myers field goal. So they cut the lead to four. Then Hertz gets picked on a deep shot that could have possibly sealed the game if it was a touchdown. But Seattle does nothing with it. But they do stop the Eagles on the next possession. So Seahawks get it back. 152 left. One timeout. They're at their own eight-yard line. And Locke just throws up some good balls a couple times to Metcalf, but another ball on the sideline where Metcalf made an unbelievable catch. Um, unfortunately, he stays in bounds. He tried to get out of bounds, which was the correct ruling that he was um, inbound. So the clock's running, and then Locke throws up another go ball on the sideline, this time to Smith and Jigba, who just reaches out, brings the ball in, secures it in the end zone. Seahawks in front, 20-17. So the Eagles get it back. They have three timeouts. It's 28 seconds left, and Hurts... After an incompletion on first down, he just takes off for a big scramble. So they're almost about less than 15, 20, you know, 25 to be safe field goal range, but 20-ish yards to get into field goal range for Elliott. And they still have the two timeouts. Yes, the clock is um, lower, of course, but they blew one timeout. So they have two, but Hurts goes to the sideline deep ball, gets picked off again. Great play uh, by the safety. He had the first pick and the second pick, Love. Great, great play by him. And Seattle 
wins it. They snap their losing streak. They get a big win, and the Eagles' losing streak continues. That is three in a row for the Philadelphia Eagles, who drop to 10-4 and four on the season. Seattle up to 7-7, seven and seven, and they join a pack of 7-7 seven and seven teams looking for that 6-7 and seven spot because uh, we know the five seed is going to be the second-place team in the NFC East, and six and seven are going to be, it seems like, three or four teams right now for two spots. So we'll talk more about that on Thursday's show with the postseason picture. All right, college football bowls. The L.A. Bowl, UCLA wins it 35-22. Chip Kelly made a lot of headlines with the comments uh, about how he wants to split it up. And I talked about this a couple of years ago where you're going to have to make a group of five and a, and a power five. Like, and you're just going to have to do that. And just govern it differently and all these kind of things. So hopefully we go to that because this is right now, this is this is insane. Um, Independence Bowl, Texas Tech beats Cal 34-14. Hopefully you, you took Red Raiders there because Cal is just not, not, they're just not that good. I'm sorry. All right, over to the footy weekend soccer recap. Forrest Tottenham at the city ground. Tottenham. Get a goal from Richarlison on a Kulisevsky assist at the end of the half. And then Kulisevsky off a Matt Turner mistake. Puts it past him to make it 2-0. Basuma saw red, but Forrest couldn't do anything with it. And that is a Tottenham victory with Romero back in the lineup. That's big. Newcastle, Fulham. Newcastle went at 3-0. It was a Jimenez red card that got everything started. I don't know what the hell he's doing with this red card. If you haven't seen this yet, look up Raul Jimenez red card. Uh, versus Newcastle. He goes jumping into a challenge that isn't there, and that's how you get sent off. So Fulham, who are coming off 5-0 back-to-back victories, which is insane, lose their talisman up top early in the game at St. James Park when you're going to need him to score some goals for you, right? Well, instead, he gets sent off. Newcastle, three goals. Miley, the youngster. Amaron, after uh looked like Wilson got pulled down he wanted a pen he wasn't getting one because Elmer scored and then at the back post burn made it three nil man city crystal palace two two at the etihad it was jack Grealish for back-to-back premier league games if i'm not mistaken for the goal and then rico lewis was one of his uh first goals for man city made it two nil and then a long ball for schlup he plays it across from mateta makes it two one and then late in the contest with Crystal Palace pressing for an equalizer. Foden absolutely kicks Mateta like it's a Taekwondo tournament. In the area, has to be a pen. Olise puts it past Ederson. Stoppage time, pen, equalizer. That's how the points were split. Chelsea beat Sheffield United at the bridge 2-0. It was a Ole Pal- uh, Cole Palmer. Ole Palmer. That's Wrexham. This is Cole Palmer. He plays for Chelsea. Cole Palmer goal from um, Sterling. And then he tried to set up. Palmer did Sterling to repay the favor, but it looked like it was a pen with Sterling getting pulled back. And then ball gets squared for uh, Jackson. He makes it 2 0. Bournemouth Luton. Adebayo scored for Luton. Solanke equalizes for Bournemouth. And then the match gets abandoned after the Luton captain Locklear collapsed in the 65th minute. Very scary scenes at Bournemouth. Uh, Great job by players, staff, coaches, fans, everybody in the building to, you know, remain calm and and do all the protocols and all that kind of stuff. I think he's in stable condition now. 
Uh, he had previously collapsed, and I believe he had a surgery over the summer uh, with heart surgery. So this is very, very scary to see him collapse like that. So um, yeah, that game will be played and picked up later in the season. Right now it's 1-1 in the 65th minute abandoned right now. Uh, Burnley-Everton with Sean Dyche's return back to the turf more. Everton win it 2-0. Onana header early in the first half, and then Kane followed up a rebound to make it 2-0. West Ham and Wolves. West Ham win it 3-0. Paqueta, three assists. Uh, first one to Kudis on the counter. Brilliant assist, and, and Kudis did a lot in that one. Second one, another great ball through a lot of players um, to play to Kudis. So that was 2-0. And then Bowen, 1-2 with Paqueta. Another great finish from Jared Bowen on that from that right side. I mean, him and Kudis have been really, really good. Um, West Ham have scored goals, and that's a good clean sheet to keep against Willis because Willis has scored some goals, to be fair. All right, Brentford and Villa in London. Big test for Villa, and they pass it. They win 2-1. Lewis Potter actually put up uh, the Bees 1-0, but Ben Mee got sent off. It was a Moreno header at the back post that was an equalizer, and then a Watkins goal. Made it 2-1. Kamara got sent off for some uh, late, uh, late, late, late show. Um, it was a stop at like 90 plus 8. Some things going on in the stoppage time of uh, Brentford Villa game. Martinez always involved as well. I mean, all right. Arsenal Brighton. Arsenal win it 2-0. AJ Zeus goal on a set piece after Brighton couldn't get it cleared. Header goes towards uh, Jesus at the back post. He just nods it in. And then the second goal. Havertz from Nketiah, good ball from Nketiah, but he was Havertz is just like, yo, play me, play me, play me, play me, play me. He finally played him onside, and Havertz gets the goal, so make it 2-0. And then Liverpool, man, you, I told you that United were going to go to Anfield and try to get a nil-nil result, and that's what they did. So I guess you got to give United some credit. Uh, the DeLow, two descent yellows that got him sent off in stoppage time, I thought it was a little weak for Michael Oliver, to be fair. Uh, but in his report, he's going to say that Deloitte was giving him stuff all game, and he told him to shut up, and then those two, like, fist pump things, he's trying to show him up. So I can understand where Ali's coming from with that call. I, I disagree with it, but I get where he's coming from because if it was to my team, I'd be like, dude, you sent my guy off for two fist pumps at you? Come on, man. But more about the game than Deloitte's two yellows. We knew what United were going to do. They were going to come to um, – Anfield and try to park the bus, play a low block, get a counterattack if they were going to get a goal. I told you they weren't going to score. They didn't score. I, I said I'd be very shocked if Manchester United scored at Liverpool. They didn't. And I told you I wasn't going to predict six or seven, like some of these clown content creators that are just like, oh, we're going to win every game, lad. And Shut up, dude. We're not going to win every game. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. Like, it's only been one team that's never lost a game, like in the Premier. Like, that's. That shows you how hard it is. So to say we're going to win every game, like, listen, come on. But after beating United 7-0 in March, for sure, thinking, okay, they're going to come in, their worst team, their captain suspended. I said that the captain being suspended was going to help them, and it did. I told you that, and it did. Somehow, some way, that that helped them. Because if he's in this team, I guarantee you he's 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 crying about every call and winding people up and all that stuff, and it would have worked against them. But, hey, give Onana credit. He made a couple saves. Uh, I thought the United defense between Evans and Varane, a very unlikely partnership at center back, but they did the job, a ton of blocks. And um, you got to give United credit because they got the result they were looking for. 
They were looking for a nil-nil draw. Because there's no way you could tell me that team was trying to win the game. Because they weren't. Because the only way they felt like they could do anything was to play the way they played. And that, and again, like, and I made this point before about, you know, Marino or people parking the bus at these big teams. Like, Manchester United played a low block. How they fall. And you can say, well, you're in crisis. I'm just going to tell you the facts. You go, well, we drew. Okay, what was the last time we came there? So, over the last two matches at... <laughs> we've averaged three and a half goals. And we have a clean sheet in there. So, there you go. Okay? All right. Um, so, give United their credit, I guess. La Liga results. Athletic beat. Athletic 2 now. Barcelona draw away from home at Valencia. Chao Felix, the goal, 1-1. Real Madrid beat Villarreal, 4-1. Bellingham, Rodrigo, Brahimi Diaz, and Modric scoring. Corona won again as well. Uh, Syria. Chiesa's pen gave Juve a point or on the road, 1-1. Napoli beat Cagliari at home. It was an awesome in goal and an awesome in assist. That was a great assist for the Kravoshelli goal, 2-1. Uh, AC Milan beat Monza, 3-0. Bologna beat Roma, 2-0. Lazio, Inter, Inter win away from home, 2-0. Uh, Latoro Martinez and Marcus Taram, the goal scorers there. And Atalanta beat Salernitana, 4-1 on Monday. Bundesliga. Dortmund, Augsburg in Augsburg, tie 1-1. Malen, the goal scorer for Dortmund. Rebel Leipzig beat Hoffenheim, 3-1. Klosterman, Forsberg, Simikin, the goal scorers there. Leverkusen beat Frankfurt, 3-0. Firmpong and Wurtz among the goal scorers for Leverkusen. And Meinik handles Stuttgart, 3-0 as a Harry Kane brace and a Kim goal for Munich. PSG, Lille in Lille. It was a 1-1 and Bappe, Penn. And then Jonathan David, the Canadian, the stoppage time equalizer for Lily. Uh, midweek soccer preview. We got a Carabao Cup quarterfinals. Port Vale versus Middlesbrough. I believe those are two teams from League One. No? Uh, then you got Everton, Fulham. No, they got to be in the championship. They got to be in the championship. Right? There's no way. Middlesbrough and Port Vale. Port Middlesbrough is where? Schedule. What league are they in? <laughs> this is Middlesbrough's where? Middlesbrough's in the championship. So Port Vale's got to be in League One. Uh, then we got Everton, Fulham, Chelsea, Newcastle, and then you got Liverpool, West Ham at Anfield on Thursday. So those are the four quarterfinals. You'll get at least somebody in there from not the Prem with Port Vale and Middlesbrough. But you got Everton, Fulham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Liverpool, West Ham. And we got festive fixtures to talk about on Thursday show. La Liga, Atletico Catafe, Barcelona, Almeria. And then Bundesliga action, Bremen and Rebel Leipzig. You got Dortmund and Mainz, Wolfsburg and Munich take on each other. And then Leverkusen and Bochum, Ligue 1, PSG and Men's. College Basketball. UConn, Gonzaga, UConn wins at 76-63. Very strong performance for Danny Hurley's UConn Huskies. I mean, they literally just go anywhere, play anybody, play tough, 
take your best punch and find a way to win the game and have a strong performance. So that was you got to give them credit. That was outstanding from the Huskies. Then Kansas went to Assembly Hall to take on the Hoosiers, and we know the Hoosiers with Woody Woodson. It's not the best version of them right now, but they're doing all right, and they don't have Trace Jackson Davis anymore, as we know. But they still got a pretty good team. But Kansas, a very very good second half comeback to win that game, 75-71. Then you have Michigan State hammer Baylor, 88-64. Big upset for Sparty over the Bears. Houston beats A&M in a good game in Houston. Uh, Memphis holds off Clemson, 79-77, close game. Brock fight UCLA against Ohio State um, with Ohio State winning that one. Purdue. Holds off the Wildcats second half run. The Boilermakers win 92-84 over Arizona, and that's Arizona's first loss, if I'm not mistaken. UNC and Kentucky. Kentucky wins a tight one. Creighton wins a very good game over Alabama, high-scoring one. You got Auburn blowing out USC, and then you had Syracuse hammering Oregon. So a lot of those big games, uh, some very, very exciting ones. And then we got this week so far, Florida takes on Michigan. You got Virginia playing Memphis in a good one. Baylor Duke is outstanding. Nova Creighton. Nova needs a win. Uh, Carolina, Oklahoma. And then you got Bama and Arizona. So a lot of, lot of great games still out of conference games. You got some conferences mixing in a conference game here and there. there. So you got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of great college basketball going on as well. All right, let's go to the picks portion of the show. And, folks, this is how you bounce back from a bad week last week with the picks, and you bounce back with a great week this week. 3-0 and Sorario Pulaks, 5-1 pick six. I mean, that is outstanding. That is outstanding. Sorario Pulaks up to 33-12, and 3-0. Kansas City and New England, which got a little interesting, I understand, uh, even though it shouldn't have. Rams against Washington, again, another game that got a little interesting. It shouldn't. And then you had the Niners in Arizona, which I'm sure – if you had the Niners still and you had them and, and you picked them and they go down 7 nothing, you're like, what the hell? But they handled their business there. So 3-0 and there, 33-12 and on the season. That's that's a big spot to get right after a 1-2. and two. You never want – like 2-1 and one is okay. It's it's understandable, 2-1. and one. Uh, But 1-2 and two is inexcusable. 0-3, oh I don't think – I think I would stop the segment if I did 0-3. Oh I don't think I've ever done 0-3. Oh I'm pretty sure I've never done 0-3. Oh okay. Uh so three and zero, sorry, Pulaks, thirty three and twelve, Kansas City winner, LA Rams winner, Niners winner, pick six, five and one, five and one, five and one. Sounds like Stu Funner. Five and one, five and one, five. Shout out to Stu Funner, the source. Uh, shout out to Stephen Hawk, New Orleans, rest in peace. Forty nine, thirty eight and three on the season after a five and one week. That's how you bounce back after one four and one, five and one. The only loss was Thursday night, which honestly, if you're gonna lose an under. It's it's so much better to just lose it outright and just laugh about how wrong you were than just get beat on a heartbreaker. Getting beat on a heartbreaker on an under is so bad. So to get smoked, what, in the first 20 minutes of the game, maybe like the first hour of game time uh, with the under 35, it was 42 nothing and a half. <laughs> so Chargers, Raiders, that went over big time. Lions... Saturday night, minus four was a winner against the Broncos. They took care of business there. Saints minus six against the G-Men was a winner on Sunday. Tampa, Green Bay, over winner in Lambeau. You had Sunday night, Baltimore, Jacksonville, under hit. And then Monday night, Philly, Seattle, under hits there as well. So pretty strong week 15. 
49-38-3. That is solid. That is solid 15 weeks through the season picking six games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay, or Wednesdays, sorry, um, for a Thursday show. Okay, so I'll tell you what. That ain't bad, folks. That ain't bad at all. So we will take that. Uh, and we'll try to keep finishing it out. And I think, I don't know if we'll continue every under prime time. They have been really, really good to me. Thursday's been getting killed recently, so that one I'm going to examine a little bit more. But Sunday, Monday, I probably will continue. But to be fair, I've gotten pretty good picking those other games as well, to be fair. So, um, 5 and 1. This week in the pick six, 49, 38, and 3 on the season. So Thursday, we will have a NFL Week 16 preview. Very, very exciting with some more uh, big games. We got, I think I'll, re yeah, I'll probably react to the draw. I know the draw happened for the Champions League, but it was just a lot on this show. I didn't want to fit that one in there, too. So we got that to talk about. We got midweek soccer to recap, and the festive fixtures are coming thick and fast, so there's going to be so many Premier League games to talk about uh, from here until really the new year and a little bit after it, to be fair. So that's the festive fixtures we'll touch on, I'm sure, throughout the next few weeks. We have that. College Bowls will heat up. Talk more about those on Thursday as well and some more college basketball with some good games. I guess after, it's most of the schools have finished finals, right? So there you go. All right, so that and more on Thursday's show. Talk to you guys then. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.